Lord Jesus, we believe that you are really, truly present here tonight, here in our midst, body, blood, soul, and divinity. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. Our creator and our redeemer. Jesus, you are faithful and true. We pray for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit tonight to touch all of our hearts, to renew our minds, to heal our hearts, to even heal our bodies, to increase our faith, to fill us with new hope and more love. And in this month of May, we turn to your mother and ours, Mary, the queen of heaven and earth, the queen of mercy, the mother of the church. Mary, we ask you tonight to teach us how to pray to teach us how to receive the word, the eternal word into our hearts like you received him in such a profound way that he even took flesh in your womb and you became his mother. Well, you are our mother in the order of grace. And we invoke your prayers and your protection here tonight. We crown you the queen of our gathering here tonight, Mary, as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou, among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So this Friday is Friday the 13th, but we have no reason to be afraid. It's the anniversary of Our Lady of Fatima, her first apparition to the three shepherd children in Fatima, Portugal, back in 1917. So it's the 105th anniversary. And if you recall, it was also May 13th, 1981, when Pope John Paul II was shot right in St. Peter's Square. Some of you might remember where you were on that day. I was still just a lad so I don't remember exactly where I was on that day. I recall the cover of Time magazine some months later when John Paul II went to the prison to visit his would-be assassin who couldn't believe that he was still alive. 
it's even rumored that Aliaka was his name, asked John Paul II, what god were you praying to on that day? Because I am a trained assassin, and I was at point-blank range, and I fired multiple shots. In fact, there were probably two different men who had fired at him that day simultaneously. You should be dead. John Paul II said, well, he didn't say it to him right then and there. He commented to the faithful at a different time. One finger was pulling the trigger that day, but another finger was guiding the bullet. So he credits Mother Mary with guiding that bullet through his intestines in such a way that he didn't die because he could have very easily bled out that day. So... When it came to the year 2000, John Paul II wanted to beatify two of the three shepherd children because one of the three was still alive back in 2000, Sister Lucia. So Lucia became a a nun, a Carmelite sister. But the other two, her, her cousins, died very shortly after 1917. I think they were both dead within the first five years after the apparitions. So John Paul II was going to beatify Francisco, Francisco and Jacinta in May 13th of 2000. And at that time, he wanted to reveal the very mysterious third secret of Fatima, because there was a lot of speculation, especially in the year 2000, about what it would mean, about what it did mean, what it said. And if you go to the Vatican website, you can type in message of Fatima, or you can even just Google it first, message of Fatima, Vatican, and it'll take you right to this rather extensive Expose on the different messages of Fatima and what the different church leaders have recorded about it. But the then Cardinal Ratzinger, who of course became Pope Benedict XVI, wrote a beautiful reflection on this private revelation and what we can take away from it. So I just wanted to read this little excerpt of what Cardinal Ratzinger had to say about the third secret of Fatima. I would like finally to mention another key expression of the secret which has become justly famous. My immaculate heart will triumph. What does this mean? The heart open to God, purified by contemplation of God, is stronger than guns and weapons of every kind. The fiat of Mary. Fiat in Latin means let it be done. So it's also an Italian car, I know. Fix it again, Tony. We had one growing up. But in this case, it's Mary's fiat, her yes, essentially her yes. So the fiat of Mary, the word of her heart, has changed the history of the world because it brought the Savior into the world Because thanks to her, yes, God could become man in our world and remains so for all time. 
The evil one has power in this world, as we see and experience continually, especially right now. He has power because our freedom continually lets itself be led away from God. But since God himself took a human heart and has thus steered human freedom towards what is good, the freedom to choose evil no longer has the last word. Amen? From that time forth, the word that prevails is this. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. John 16, 33. The message of Fatima invites us to trust in this promise that Christ Jesus has overcome the world. And that's why Mary at Fatima could say with such confidence, in the end, my immaculate heart will triumph. So Cardinal Ratzinger, of course, was very careful, especially as a cardinal, not the pope, to say anything uh, too colorful or, uh, I don't know, alarming. But then when he was pope, he went back to Fatima in 2010 for, if I'm not mistaken, the canonization of Jacinta and Francisco. So he goes back, and in that message, which was then what, seven years uh, leading up to, prior to the 100th anniversary of Fatima. So he said, we would be mistaken to think that Fatima's prophetic mission is complete. And then he also mentioned that in every time, in every age, God calls men and women, just like he called these three shepherd children, to play a significant role in the history of salvation. So he calls all of us to play a significant role in the history of salvation. So the question is, will we say yes to that? And you're saying yes to it here tonight. It's something that we do every day. We have to renew that every day. It's not just a one and done deal. But we renew our yes to Jesus every day, just like Mary had to renew her yes. It's not recorded in Scripture, but you can imagine when Jesus from the cross looked down at Mary and said, behold, he said, woman, behold your son. And then he said to John, behold your mother. In her heart, in that moment, she would have had to have given another yes. Because now she was consenting to be the mother of the church. She was consenting to be your mother. She was saying to Jesus, yes, I'll adopt Sally and Maria and Barb and Jason and Tom. Yeah, I'll, I'll even adopt Tom. Yeah, yeah. I'll take them. And I will consider them my own. And in the order of grace, that's true. Because we've received the spirit of adoption. 
The same Holy Spirit that anointed Jesus in the Jordan, we have all received it. So we have been made brothers and sisters in Christ, sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father. And so Mary considers you her own and loves you deeply and profoundly more than any mother on this earth could love you. So she was there offering herself with Jesus for the salvation of the world, for your salvation. She offered herself to the Father. And here we are tonight. We're invited to offer ourselves every time we come before the Lord, especially every time we go to Mass. It's not just the priest who offers the sacrifice. But really, the Second Vatican Council encouraged all the lay faithful to actively participate and offer themselves through him, with him, in him, to the Father, in the Spirit, for the transformation of the world, for the, for the salvation of the world. So insofar as you consent to that, you participate in that. And as you offer yourself in faith, in hope, In love, you become a co-redeemer with the Redeemer par excellence, Jesus. But that's why we can say of Mary that she was a co-redeemer. But we can say that of ourselves. And we should claim that for ourselves and take it seriously. But we are all in need of saving and healing first. We know that. But that doesn't disqualify us from becoming co-redeemers with Jesus. The very process, if you will, of healing and sanctification and redemption is salvific. It, It is saving for the good of the church, for the good of the world. So I wanted to mention that message of Fatima, because as I said this Friday, we celebrate the anniversary. And it's still perhaps more than ever right now as we see Russia and Ukraine at war. It's still a great call to prayer, a great call to conversion. And so you're free to answer that call or not. But God is inviting you to answer that call to prayer, to conversion, to loving the way that he loves, to really allow yourself to be loved because we can't give what we don't have. We all know that. We can't give what we don't have. And what does the world need more than ever today? It needs mercy. It needs divine love. That's, you know, the love of the cross, the love of the blessed sacrament is not natural love. It's divine love. It's supernatural love above nature, which means it's beyond us. However, he shares it with us. And the more time we spend with him, the more we get. The more supernatural love we get, the more time we spend here the more grace we receive. 
the more we are transformed, the more our hearts are softened and transformed. And Mary wants to help with that. Mary's immaculate heart will triumph, which is to say the love of her heart will triumph. Love is stronger than death. Love never fails. Love never fails. God's love never fails. And so we come before him and, and, and we're all in need of that. We're all in want of that. We all desire that. We all want to be loved perfectly, unconditionally. Well, that's the kind of love that we have here before us. He wants you to experience that in a real way, in a tangible way. He wants you to experience that. And as I like to say, that's the Holy Spirit's job is to help you experience that in a tangible way. So that it becomes a lived experience and not just a theory, not just some intellectual consent, but a heartfelt conviction. And we need to keep coming back to it over and over again. Because we're, we're pretty quick to forget, unfortunately. We forget. And so we need to be reminded. And that's why he said, do this in memory of me. Because I know you're quick to forget. I live with Father Luis. Some of you know Father Luis. One of my housemates, he spent the last several years in the Philippines. Do you know what they just did in the Philippines? They just elected Marcos's son, their new president. He's like, how did that happen? You know, they had this dictator in the 80s. It wasn't that long ago. You all remember the name. Some of you probably know the stories. But because his son went to work over these last three years on social media, he basically rewrote history. And he just got elected president of the Philippines. How quickly people forget and how easily they can be confused and tricked, duped. But the more time you spend with the truth here, capital T, truth, Pope Benedict, one of his favorite lines, what at least one of my favorite phrases of Pope Benedict, the truth with a capital T is not something, it's someone. And it's the truth that will set you free. The more time you spend with Jesus, the more you will be free, free to receive love and free to love everybody. Doesn't matter who they are. Jesus loved everybody. He died for everybody. And he could do that because he was totally free. He was so united to his Father's love and to the Holy Spirit. Nothing could stop him. 
So let's pray tonight. Lord, knock down the walls. Break through the barriers of my heart. What barriers do you have? What walls have you built around your heart? Just ask the Lord tonight what those might be and and what you need to do to knock those walls down. I mean, he'll help you knock them down, but he's he's not going to bring a bulldozer in if you're not ready, you know? (laughs) But if you invite him to, if you ask him for some help, he will gladly bring in the bulldozer and knock down the walls. But he won't violate your freedom. He will respect your freedom. But if you invite him in, he will gladly do it. Because that means he gets to love on you more. Lord, remove our fears tonight, our anxiety, our worries. Whatever's on your mind, whatever's on your heart tonight, just give it to the Lord. Jesus, you take care of it. That's all you got to say. Jesus, you take care of it. It's beyond me. I can't control it. I can't will it to happen. I can't fix him. I can't fix her. Jesus, you take care of it. But minister to me tonight. Minister to me in my heart. You know my needs, Lord. I have needs. I have desires. I want to grow in friendship with you, my God. I want to get to know you better. I want to experience your love for me more. Help me to have that experience tonight in a new way, in a fresh way. So let's pray out loud together. We'll do a few declarations here together. And before we do that, I just want to say in the name of Jesus, I bind all spiritual deafness and blindness. And I pray, Lord, that all your brothers and sisters here will be given eyes to see and ears to hear. So sanctify their imagination and open the ears of their hearts, of their conscience. Help them to be receptive tonight to all that you want to give them. Inflame the desires of their hearts that have grown cold, that they have repressed. Jesus, release those desires and those dreams and hopes that have been repressed, Lord. Set them free and help them to bring them all to you tonight in a new way. And help them to experience this new freedom, the freedom of the children of God. So repeat after me. In the name of Jesus, I believe and declare that I'm a child of God. In the name of Jesus, I believe and declare that God loves to see me. In the name of Jesus, I believe and declare that God loves to be with me. In the name of Jesus, I believe and declare that God will never reject me. In the name of Jesus, 
I believe and declare that I'm never alone. In the name of Jesus, I believe and declare that I have a future and a hope. In the name of Jesus, I believe and declare that I am chosen. In the name of Jesus, I believe and declare that I am precious. In the name of Jesus, I believe and declare that God delights in me. In the name of Jesus, I believe and declare that I am a champion in Christ. In the name of Jesus, I believe and declare that God is for me. So in your own prayer life, I really encourage you to make those declarations out loud every day. It really does help to renew your mind and your heart tends to follow where your mind goes. So if you want those things to feel more and more true, just keep repeating them in faith. Make that act of faith. Right? What we're doing here tonight makes absolutely no sense without faith. But remember, that is our proper response to God's revelation. God has revealed himself to us. Mary has appeared throughout the centuries to keep reminding us that God exists and that he loves us. And so we are invited to respond in faith. So Lord, I believe, increase my faith, help my unbelief. Amen.